0: Amen. Today's scripture reading is found in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from your sleep. For salvation is near to us now that we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as the, in the day, not reveling in drunkenness or debauchery and licentious no, quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: Good morning, and if you're just now joining us, welcome to worship here at Arapahoe United Methodist Church. I'm so grateful that you could pause your fifth rewatch of Hamilton on Disney Plus to join us for worship today. I'm only kind of kidding about that one. Eliana, I want to apologize in advance for giving you the scripture that says licentiousness in my first sermon here at Arapaho. If this is your first time joining us, you've chosen an interesting Sunday to join Arapaho for worship. This is my first Sunday as the appointed senior pastor. My name is Scott Gilliland, and I'm the new senior pastor here at Arapaho UMC, and it is a joy to be with you in worship today. And it's not just a big day for me, it's a big day for our church as a whole, and specifically our pastoral team. Um, It's a big day for us because today is the first Sunday of appointment season in the Methodist Church. Bishops send pastors to local churches uh, based upon their gifts and graces, and we have a lot to celebrate today. It's my first Sunday to be appointed a senior pastor. It's Maggie Proshek's second year to be appointed as the family pastor, the pastor of families here at Arapahoe. Kathy Sweeney, uh, Pastor Kathy, is now appointed officially for her first year, even though she's been here for a little while, right? Um, And she's the pastor of adults discipleship here at Arapahoe. And then last but certainly not least, we celebrate with Pastor Eliana, who is our pastor, is serving also with Maggie in our family ministries. And Eliana, Pastor Eliana, I should say, is helping to equip us to better engage with our Spanish-speaking neighbors, primarily right now through a Spanish class that's starting towards the end of this month. So we have a lot to celebrate here at Arapaho, and i got to say, I'm so grateful to be here. I want to say a special word of thanks before I start my sermon today to a couple of individuals. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to Pastor Blair. I know that we have so appreciated her deft hand of leadership these last four years. I mean, the debt is eliminated. Say amen somebody, right? But more than that, Pastor Blair has been a phenomenal leader, a prophetic preacher, a caring hand, and a good friend to so many here. And I know that I will never replace her, nor do I desire to. Instead, I hope that I can continue the good legacy of Arapahoe UMC that Blair herself continued. And as we continue to journey together into new and great things, I want to thank Blair for the countless conversations we have had. I want you to know we have been meeting over the phone weekly for months now since we got the call and knew that this would be taking place place as in it was our effort to make this transition as seamless as possible in this interesting covid time that we are in and so I'm mostly thankful that through this process in Blair, I found a new friend. We knew each other before this began, but we didn't know each other well. And through time and conversation and many phone calls that were scheduled and many more that I sent her away that were unscheduled, uh, we've gotten to know each other in a deep and profound way. And I'm thankful for her leadership and for her help with me in this process. I want to say thank you to the leadership board and to Ann Gore, who's uh, in her own pew section all by herself this morning. Uh, thank you for your leadership and for your so hospitably welcoming me in uh, as the, the next leader of Arapaho UMC. Uh, I've gotten the coasters. I've gotten more than that. I've gotten the warm wishes. I've felt the virtual hugs. Uh, thank you to all the people of Arapaho for the way you've welcomed me, my wife Reagan, and our kids Andy and Jude. And that's what I want to talk about today, the people of Arapaho. When we talk about church, of course, we're talking about the people. And we're in a new sermon series today called We Belong to each other. Maybe you've seen those words on the yard signs that many of us have in our front yards. I've got mine in the front of my yard as well. Um, These words made famous by Mother Teresa and also Garth Brooks, I learned, uh, are are, are words that are kind of a a calling for us right now. And so we wanted, as your worship team, to to look closer at this statement and just what it means when we say we belong to each other, because that's a profound statement to make. Today we're going to ask the question. Who are we? Let's start there. Who are we? Now, when I first knew I was coming to Arapaho, I, I knew some about this church. I'd seen the sign mostly, and boy, are we famous for our signs here at Arapaho. Um, but in the last few months, I've gotten to hear stories and, and hear more about who Arapaho is, and I've even experienced some of that myself as a newcomer. But as I sat down to write this sermon a couple of weeks ago, I realized I was very ill-equipped. Um, especially when I consider the stories and years and years of richness and experience that you, the people of Arapaho, have in regards to your church. So I pulled a little pastoral fast one on you. I made you write my sermon for me. How about that? My first sermon, you've been so excited to hear, and it's gonna be your words and not mine. Um, I put out an all call in an email blast, and I said, why don't you tell me? You know, I'm just getting to know you. I'm just scratching the surface. Why don't you tell me, who are we as Arapahoe United Methodist Church. And I got well over 60 responses from individuals, from couples, from families telling me, I asked for words or phrases or stories or even limericks. And I did get limericks. I got multiple. Fun fact, every limerick mentioned the pumpkin patch I don't know where the Venn diagram of pumpkin patch lovers and limerick lovers intersects, but that, that was interesting to me. Um, I got so many responses, and I could have just read those and, and digested them and then, and then discerned a sermon out of that, but I took it a step further. Have you ever heard of a word cloud generator? It's one of those things where you plug in a block of text, and, and it analyzes that text for how often a word or phrase is used, and then it creates what's called a word cloud. And, and maybe you've seen one before. It's where some words are larger than others, and the, the larger the word is, the more often it gets used in that block of text. So I took all of your responses, I took all of your words, your phrases, and, and I put it in this word cloud generator, and this is what I saw the bigger the word, the more often it was used. And even though I'd read those statements, when I saw this word cloud, I was so floored. I was so impressed. I was so, as John Wesley would say, strangely warmed because what I saw was the image of a church that I would want to belong to that I would want my family and my children to belong to. I saw words that reflect the kind of values and virtues that I hold in my life and my family's life. Maybe you see your words in this word cloud if you responded. Maybe yours is one of the big words. Maybe yours is one of those small words that only you used and no one else. Maybe you didn't have a chance to respond. I hope that you will in the coming days and weeks. And maybe you didn't get to respond and there's a word missing. I hope you'll let me know what that word is. But we're going to use this word cloud, your responses, and and Romans 13 today to help answer that question, who are we? So, let's look at that word cloud one more time. What's the biggest word you see? And it shouldn't come as a shock. It didn't surprise me. I knew it would be there loud and proud. And that word is love. That word is love. Do you see it? At Arapaho, we can confidently say that we are rooted in love love. And when I say that, I put a capital L on love, and I'll say why I do that. The apostle Paul is rooted in love too, capital L love. If you made a word cloud of this passage from Paul's letter to the Romans, love would be the biggest word. It's a passage about love, but it's a specific kind of love that Paul is talking about, a capital L kind of love. Love's a funny word, right? Janine, when she told me about Arapaho, she said this, basically, I have learned and continue to experience true agape love at AUMC. It doesn't take a lot of words, unusual for me, she says, to explain it other than that. Agape love. Thank you, Janine, for your response. I look forward to hearing more of your words. Agape love. So, Paul wrote this letter to the Romans in Greek, not in English, of course, even though that's what we use today. English is kind of a funny language. Like Pastor Blair, I was an English major in college, too, so I find English to be a very funny language, indeed. In some ways, it can be so extremely precise. English is weird that way. For instance, have you ever heard the word consecutaliaphobia? Consecataliaphobia. Anybody? Now, now, if you know your roots, you know this is a fear of something. But I bet you, for the life of you, you can't figure out what. Consecataliaphobia is the fear of chopsticks. Chopsticks, not not uh, pieces of wood, not not small twigs. No, chopsticks specifically, not utensils, not things that grab food. No, chopsticks. We have a word in English for the fear of chopsticks. Consecataliaphobia. English is a weirdly specific language at times. But then English can also be so weirdly general and broad as well. Take the word love. Love. What do we mean by love when we say love in the English language? I don't think we have a good grasp on what love truly means. For instance, I love my wife, and I love tacos. I love my kids. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not too sure about Jerry Jones at the moment. I love a sunrise on the lake. I love the sound of meat grilling or smoking in my backyard. I love peeling that plastic film off of a new computer screen or a phone screen, anybody else. And I love my Savior, Jesus Christ. Love. Imagine one day aliens finally meet us and they say, explain to us this concept of love. And we tell them it's kind of the way you feel about your family and your God and sweatpants. What does that mean? What in the world is love? But in Greek, Greek, Paul says something totally different. He doesn't say love in this broad, general sense. He says agape, agape love, which does not simply mean love like we know it. Agape love refers to the universal and unconditional love that God has for us and that we in turn have for God and for others. This is the love that's been at work since the beginning of time, before time even began, and it's the love that will reconcile all things back unto God in the end. This agape love is the lifeblood of our world. It's the reason for creation. It's the reason for Christ's coming in the flesh, and it's the reason for God's continued action through the Holy Spirit. It's this agape, capital L, love that we share in when we become a vehicle for God's capital L love in the world around us. This is why Paul considers agape, capital L, love to be so essential to our life and the Christian community because without it, we ignore the very love that God has for us. There's a direct and inseparable connection between God's love for us and our love for the people and the world around us. And on that note, Paul says this, love, capital L, agape love does no wrong to a neighbor Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, Paul was pretty smart, but he didn't make this up. He's he's echoing the words of Jesus, who in turn is echoing the words of Deuteronomy when he said, all of the law, all of the prophets can be hung on these two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think we understand that as the people called Arapahoe United Methodist Church. Let's look at that word cloud one more time. We're going to keep coming back to it. Do you see the next biggest word on our cloud this morning? Do you see the word welcome? It's real big. It's the most commonly used word in my inbox right now. Welcome, Pastor Scott. I think we can confidently say that at Arapaho, as the people called Arapaho, we welcome our neighbors. We welcome our neighbors. Jane and Butch put it this way, we welcome all and all means all. Or as I like to say, because I got just enough hick in me, y'all means all. No reservations, right? But when Arapaho says we welcome our neighbors, we mean something more, don't we? Let's look at that word cloud again, because some of these other large words are going to help us to understand what we mean when we say we welcome our neighbors, my eyes were drawn to a word that didn't surprise me, but maybe how big it is surprised me. Do you see the word questions on there? Questions. At Arapahoe UMC, we welcome your questions to the conversation. That's what we mean when we say we welcome our neighbors. We don't just welcome our neighbors. We welcome your questions to the conversation. Susan put it this way, This community welcomes questions and discussion and does not embrace easy answers on the journey. I love that. We do not embrace easy answers on the journey. I call those easy answers bed, bath, and beyond theology because those are phrases that are nice and pithy and sound good on a tea towel, but when you hang it up in your kitchen, it looks good, but when you put it through the wringer of real life, it gets torn up and shredded real fast. Do you know what I'm talking about? Susan does. We do not embrace easy answers on this journey. We welcome questions and discussion at Arapaho, when we say we welcome our neighbors, we mean we welcome your questions to the conversation. Let's look at that word cloud again. Do you see the words safe and caring? Safe, real big. Again, not surprised I saw it, but maybe how big it is. This is a safe place and people and caring too. When we say we welcome our neighbors, we mean something more. What we mean is we welcome your wounds to God's safe and caring home. David put it this way, we are welcoming to all Christian refugees, he said, whose upbringing in other denominations prevented them from being their full selves. You know, for several years I've been in ministry with Christian refugees like David's talking about. And, and I know what it's like when people are raised in churches and in pews. There are too many in this country and elsewhere where instead of receiving the grace of God, they're, they're given wounds in the name of God. And I wish that I could lay that at the feet of other denominations, but unfortunately the United Methodist Church has to own our sin as well. But Arapaho is a church that says that's enough. This is a place where we can welcome your wounds to God's safe and caring home. This is a place where you can deconstruct all those battle scars and bruises and you can reconstruct a faith of grace and of love and a God who knows you and claims you and loves you deeply as God's own. So when we say we welcome our neighbors, we mean something more. We mean we welcome your wounds to God's safe and caring home. But but it goes further than that. Let's look at our word cloud again. Do you see the words authentic, and then down below, real big, family. Authentic and family. Now, those two words don't always go together in real life, do they? But when we say we welcome our neighbors here as the people of Arapaho, what we mean is we welcome your authentic self to this family we choose. And put it this way, it's a safe place to be your authentic self. I know I will be given grace in my missteps and mistakes. This is my warm, welcoming family of choice. My friends, if we can't find grace for missteps and mistakes in the family of God, then where in the world are we going to find it? Here at Arapaho UMC, as the people called Arapaho, we welcome your authentic self, your real self. Y'all are going to get to know the real Pastor Scott before too long. I hope you like what you see, and we welcome that self to this family we choose. But you know at Arapaho? we don't stop there. We don't stop there. Paul doesn't stop there either. He talks about love, and he talks about the importance of love, but it's not just a concept to Paul. Did you notice that in this passage, Paul says to the church in Rome, it is now the moment, it is now the moment for you to wake up from your sleep. If you fell asleep on your couch, now's your chance to wake back up. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. It is now time for us to wake up from our sleep. Paul was big on this because Paul had a sense of urgency a sense of urgency with this new Christian movement that said, you know, Jesus might come back on Tuesday and when he comes for a report, we better know what we are prepared to say, right? When Jesus says, what have y'all been doing recently? And we say, well, we had some nice Bible studies and we talked about you and we thought about you and oh, we thought about loving people too. That felt real good to think about. Paul says, that's not enough. That's not enough. It is time to wake up from our sleep. As Mike Slaughter would say, it is time to stop playing church, right? We don't have time to play church. Life is too short. It's not simply enough to think about or talk about love of God or neighbor, but it's time to put that love to work in the world. Dr. Cornel West says this is justice, right? This is what we at Arapaho call justice, Cornell West says, justice is what love looks like in public. I love that quote. So if we look at our word cloud this morning, we see the word justice there, right? I know it showed up in your responses. Lucy put it this way, it's been such a relief that our beliefs about social justice are mirrored by church members, ministers, and staff. It's such a relief that our beliefs about social justice are mirrored by our church. So justice is important here as the people of Arapaho. But I want to say something, and I want you to stay with me. And it might make you fidget or squirm in your seat this morning, but this is going to be your first test in trusting your new senior pastor. You ready? Here's what I know. I know about the people we call Arapaho UMC. We are not... Justice oriented. That's not a typo, and I did not misspeak. We are not justice. Oriented. You know why I know this? Because justice-oriented, it sounds to me like someone who may be pointed in the general direction of justice, but who has taken no actual steps in that direction, right? Like Google Maps can orient me in the direction of my destination, but it's my job to take faithful steps in that direction to make it to my destination. So no, we are not simply a justice-oriented people here at Arapaho because that is simply not enough we look at that word cloud one last time, I see some smaller words that help me know what kind of justice people we are. I see the word prophetic. I know that this pulpit has a legacy of prophetic preaching, but I know that we're a prophetic people. We, we speak and live into truths that may not be easy for everyone to hear. I see the words force for good. I like that. Force for For good. I see the words kick in the pants. Do you see the words kick in the pants on that word cloud? I think church ought to be a good kick in the pants. Say amen, somebody. And my favorite word, ding, 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 the winner, winner, chicken dinner that I got in my responses was the word unicorn. Now, you may not know what this person means, but I do. A unicorn, if you're not familiar, when you say something's like a unicorn, what you mean is it's special, it's unique. The pieces don't necessarily fit together the way you think they should, but in the end, what you've got is magical. So, my friends, Arapaho, as the people of Arapaho, we are not a justice-oriented church. We are a prophetic, force-for-good, kick-in-the-pants, justice unicorn. Somebody say amen. And you know what? That's not even good enough. I felt the need to punch up the slide. There it is. Your new pastor is very good at Google image searching. Now, I haven't gotten clearance from the trustees to change the church logo yet, but I think that Justice Unicorn might be a good bet. We are a prophetic, force for good, kick in the pants, Justice Unicorn. Can you imagine belonging to any other people than this? I can't. This is who we are. We are rooted in love. We welcome our neighbors, and more than that, we welcome their questions and their wounds and their full authentic selves. And my friends, we are a justice unicorn. And I'm already proud to serve as your pastor. I pray I make you proud as well. And I can't wait to see how God continues our story together. Amen.